You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. There were four debut sports in this year's Olympics in Tokyo, and if history is any indication, there will be more sports to debut in Paris in 2024. One of the sports getting a lot of attention these days is Ultimate Frisbee. While it's not guaranteed to be on the list in 2024, it almost certainly will be when the Olympics return to Los Angeles in 2028. Technically, the sport is just called Ultimate because Frisbee is just one brand of disc that competitors use, but most of us grew up throwing anything flat and calling it a Frisbee. You've probably even played the game or some variation of it in your backyard. It's a lot like football, except with a disc, there's no tackling and there's no yards after the catch, but the action never stops uh, until after a touchdown is scored. Our guest today is Steve Hall, the commissioner of American Ultimate Disc League, AUDL. And Steve started playing Ultimate in 1985 at Georgia Tech and is a life member of USA Ultimate. Most of his Ultimate career has been at a recreational level, although he did participate one season with the Denver-based team. So Steve, welcome to Sports Connections. Thanks, David, excited to be here. Okay, let's say you're in an elevator and somebody says you're the commissioner. Commissioner of what? <laughs> what do you say? Believe me, I, I get that a lot. I say, believe it or not, we do have a pro ultimate league in North America. And they say, you know, is that is that disc golf? I said, no. You know, this is seven on seven. We play on a football field. It is fast action. It's flowing. It's, it's great. A lot of excitement. And believe it or not, we got 22 teams and we are growing. That's just, that's phenomenal. So you just answered the second question, but for an, our uninformed listener um, who maybe has tossed a Frisbee around, we've seen the commercial with, with uh, the gymnast jumping up on the, uh, on the roof to get the Frisbee. Um, we've all played Frisbee. We've all played disc sports, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we'll say, we'll get to that other topic in, in just a second. But describe the difference in just tossing it around the backyard and moving forward. I know one of the things I saw a video uh, of it, and these guys are running up and down the field constantly. The action does not stop after every play like football. Right. So it is, it's seven on seven. Uh, the pro style is played in an American-sized football field. So it's, it's wider than most people play in college or pickup. And it is fast action. You know, the game starts with a, we call it a pull, but it's like a kickoff. You throw it from end zone to end zone. You pass it, you catch it. Like basketball, you have to establish a pivot foot. And then, you know, when you catch it in the end zone, it's a point. And then you kick off again. It's four quarters, time, highest score win. So pretty simple. But as you said, um, these guys are flying. Not only do they, you know, are they fast, uh, you know, 19, 20, 22 miles an hour do they run. And we're now wow. tracking these guys with, with uh, some pods, stat sports pods. But the distance that they run is incredible. So we actually just got data where they're running about seven miles in a game, very similar to soccer. So these guys are not only are they can they fly high, can they lay out, but you know their hearts are pumping for a long time during the game. And, and there is traveling. If you catch the Frisbee, catch the disc, and I'm going to keep catching myself, uh, correcting myself on, on that. If you catch <laughs> the disc and you take a couple of steps, it's a turnover, isn't it? Well, you, you can, you can uh, catch it and slow down, but you can't turn a corner. You know, you can't establish an advantage. So, you know, we do give a little bit of space to, to slow down, to establish that, that pivot foot. 
but right, once you're there, you're solid and uh, what sets up some really fun uh, defensive situations. Now, how popular is the sport? I know you said you have 22 teams playing professionally. Do you have a lot of crowds? Do you have a lot of people following you online? How, how popular is it? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. We get it a lot. Um, so, you know, the stats that you'll see, there's you know, 5 million active members in North America, 8 million at least worldwide. So it's pretty big, but you know those are those are you know card carrying, uh, fee paying members of USA Ultimate. But you know, as you mentioned, a lot of us have played in high school, at camp, at college. So you know, we think there is you know three to four times that amount of people who really understand Ultimate, and so that's really what you know we're trying to tap into as a pro business is the people who have kind of played it casually and go, wow, these these you know these guys are real, like the old PGA. Uh, advertisement. You know, these, these guys are good and uh, getting them excited to, to watch. Um, so what is your demographic? Obviously the players are all guys that can run seven or eight miles <laughs> without dying. Um, so that eliminates me. Um, I'd run down the field <laughs> once, uh, uh, but what is your demographic for the, for the people you're trying to reach as an audience? Right. So um, historically it's been kind of 18 to 34 year olds, um, you know, 60, 70% male, 30 to 40% female, but two things are happening. One, um, as the sport is getting, you know, from high school to middle school and actually to elementary school in a few cities around um, the U.S., you know, now it's down to 14. Um, and we're also doing a lot more, I'll call it eye candy. So we're delivering, you know, things on the mobile phone, fun games, the statistics, all of that. And again, we all live on our phones. If you're 14, 18, you really live on your phone. Right. And so that's new. And then also moms. So, you know, we're, we, we say we're affordable family fun, you know, $10 tickets are average. It's very easy. So if you're a mom and you've got, you know, four, six kids at a sleepover, what do I do? You know, Hey, this is two to three hours. Let's, you know, let them run around. We're a very accessible sport. So our players, you know, we let you, high five the players, get signed discs. So the moms are becoming a big, you know, client base for us, uh, which is really neat. So we, we think about them and how to cater to their needs as well. It, it seems a lot like the story of soccer, maybe a generation or two ago, where there was a very small niche of very devoted fans. And then those people started having kids of their own. And now soccer is probably number four. It's probably past hockey uh, in popularity in, in America. And it was done through people who used to play the sport. And just like what you're talking about, you know, soccer, all you need is a ball and you right. a ball and a little bit of an opening and you can have a game with with disc sports. See, I did it right that time with disc sports. <laughs> um, you need a, a five dollar piece of equipment and boundaries and you're and you're in. So do you think it's, the popularity is growing because people say, well, I can't do it as well as those guys did but I can do this. Absolutely. In fact, we are pushing that out to a lot of people. It is the most accessible sport. Um, there are so many benefits. Like you said, it's a $5, you know, to $10 piece of plastic versus a 15 to $20 soccer ball, you know, and it's a flexible sport. You can play three V three, five V five, seven V seven. You can play it on turf. You can play it on grass. You can play it with or without cleats, you know, you don't need a soccer goal. You don't need anything. It is the most successful sport. So when we talk to people, we actually have global aspirations because, um, you know, 
we're very blessed in North America. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks who have, uh, you know, disposable income. But, you know, we look around the world and we say, you know, why can't this be in every single country? Because it is. It's $5 and you can go out and play. So we believe, you know, we talk about 5 million to maybe 20 million. I, you know, I see this as 5 billion, you know, over, over time, people who could touch this sport, embrace it and, and excel because, you know, it's a little hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Um, you know, it still takes a lot to be able to, you know, jump 40 inches and, and run 20 miles an hour and, and throw these, uh, you know, inverted passes. But, you know, the casual and it's a lifetime sport. Uh, David, I just as a 55 year old, I just played in great grandmaster. So it's a lifestyle sport like tennis and like golf. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, you know, you can be a grandfather watching your 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 grandchildren play the sport and all having a great time together. It, it's interesting, Steve. I, I've done some short term missions work in Poland. And that's where I've taken trips several places around the world, but that's where I've spent the most time. And the last few times that I've been there, it's been for a basketball camp. And during the breaks, you know, when, when there's not games or competitions going on out in the open part of the campground where our, our, our camps are held, they're playing, they're playing Frisbee. They're tossing a Frisbee. And so yeah. as I get indoctrinated more into the AUDL, I might bring some videos on my phone and say, Hey guys, let's, organize this. They don't know much about American football, but they know how to keep score. They know how to advance the, the whatever football or soccer ball or Frisbee uh, up the field. And I say, you know, you can catch the thing and slow down, but you can't advance it. And there's, it's non-contact and you just got to get over this line. I think it would, I think it would take off. So I think you're right. It all, all we've had to do is watch the watch the Olympics to see there's an awful lot of sports out there that nobody knows anything about that are becoming very popular. So I think you guys have a good chance uh, of doing that. Yeah. And David, as you said, uh, low contact. So I talked about the mom as a client just because it's affordable family fun. But I tell you, the big thing is the low concussive rates. Uh, yeah. We actually have a study. We were building data that we're also going to release to the world to show just where we sit from a, a concussion rate. And, um, you know, as you would expect, uh, we think it's going to tell a really good story. Okay. Now let's talk about the league itself. The, the AUDL, you said there's 22 teams, mm -hmm. just don't mention every one of them, but just tell me where they're located. And by the way, I looked it up. My favorite team nickname is the Minnesota wind chill. How cool, no pun intended. <laughs> how cool is yeah. that? The Minnesota Windchill. Since we don't have a team here in Kansas City, I'm going to become a Windchill fan. Well, well, David, guess what? In two years, we may have a team in your backyard. So, you Sounds know, the good. two teams, they're really kind of across the major metropolises. We've got three in Canada, 19 in the U.S. Um, our plans are to get to 28 teams in the next two years. So three next year, three the next. Kansas City is on the list. Um, and so, you know, we do have towns like Madison and Austin. But those are great, huge college towns. And again, college is a hotbed for ultimate. Um, a lot of, the, you know, we get a lot of fans and a lot of professors who played ultimate have their kids in local leagues who come out and support. So uh, we want to touch, you know, all the corners of, of North America. And that's our plan now. But as I mentioned, we have global aspirations. And, and think about this, David, you look at how much excitement the World Cup gets every four years. Can you imagine if we take this on the road, we have... Europe, we have South America, we have Asia, 
we have, you know, let's just call it four geographies and we have a coordinated World Cup kind of all under the same umbrella. What an incredible global event that we could put on, you know, the next five or 10 years. Yeah, and certainly getting into the Olympics, whether it's 24 or 28, will help that a lot. I mean, I think there's a lot of sports out there that are gaining popular. You know, we know here in America, and I keep going back to soccer, uh, you know, the World Cup here in 94 helped the, right. helped kick off MLS, which is now in its 26th season. And, and the, hosting the World Cup in 99, Women's World Cup in 99, helped kick off women's professional soccer. So being in the Olympics, being on that worldwide stage certainly will help you. You mentioned that uh, a ticket to the games, uh, about $10 on average. Is that about right? It is. Yeah. It, we, it's supposed to have been $10. We think it's a, you know, that's a pretty good price point. Yeah. Um, we're upping the experience level, but you know, uh, you know, our, our short-term aspiration is $15, which is, you know, that's about as cheap as you can get for a, you know, three hour. Uh, it's hard to, you know, it's tough to go to the movies for 15, less than $15. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, one of the questions that my wife always asks me when we're watching a different sport is do the fans get to keep the ball when it goes into the stands? So if, if somebody <laughs> throws a throws a disc uh, into the stands, do they get to keep it? Uh, most teams will let them keep them. Yeah, we we actually have some, and and that's part of the fun. I mean, we kind of take I'll call the minor league baseball approach. Yeah, we want that. We want this to be interactive. We want you know we're we're in the entertainment business yeah. and sports entertainment. But I tell our owners we throw a party every Saturday night. Uh, we want it to be fun. We want them to keep things. We want them to take that disc at the end of the day, come down, you know, get autographs from the players, go throw that disc on the field, get some photos. It's a minor league baseball kind of mentality that we bring to the AEBL. Yeah. And that, that certainly has proved to be very successful over the years. So when is your season? Is it a summer, summer league, basically? It, it is. You know, I think uh, in the future, you'll see us run from kind of the beginning of May to the end of August. Okay. Um, you know, that works out well. It's actually a great spot for media. It's a little bit of the, the downtime for the sports media world. So we fit a, a great niche there. And again, it's an outdoorsy sport. You know, uh, you come grab a beer, grab a popsicle, hang out for $10 and, you know, have a great time. And by the way, there's some really good athleticism going on in the background. Yeah. And, and if it were, you know, a wintertime sport, Minnesota wind chill would be <laughs> would definitely be appropriate. I wouldn't want to see guys running around in their shorts uh, on the frozen tundra uh, yeah. up in Minnesota. How long has the AUDL been in existence? Uh, for 10 years. So uh, wow. we say, you know, we, we are the, uh, the, the, the quietest emerging sport, but uh, yeah, we've got great legs underneath us. Um, you know, we've really been relying on that ultimate community to be our fan base. But uh, Rob Lloyd, who's chairman and I have said, hey, you know, we have a really great thing. Um, and let's, let's, you know, kind of supersize this. Um, and so we are really making a big push to get out there. You know, we're on DraftKings this year. Uh, we're getting some broader exposure and, and really trying to drive into new communities. Like you said, who kind of say, mm, you know, gosh, I know that disc thing, but I don't really know much more about it. And so we're really making a push to new, new communities. Um, we've all gone to the park and mm -hmm. seen how far we can throw a Frisbee, a disc. Right. Is the long pass used much in the AUDL? I saw some some highlights and it looks no. like it's, you know, more short passes to chop up the field. Uh, is, is that the case? I mean, why don't guys just stand there and chuck it as far as they, they possibly can? 
It, it's it's a great question, and uh, um, you know we could go down a rabbit hole on this, but it, I'd say the analogy is you know it's much like football. So you know uh, you know when Derek Carr was at the Raiders, you talk about the vertical game, and they love to kind of set up the vertical game, very similar to AUDL, where you know you could have the vertical game or you could have the uh, you know the, the smash mouth kind of approach. So. We actually have teams who dink and dunk and dink and dunk and wear that defense down. And then we have teams who are, they're setting up that ISO play, that one-on-one because they have a six, four person who can run a, you know, four, five, 40, and they just toss a disc up. And so it's actually, you can have both offensive and on the defense, man-to-man zone, uh, you know, different looks, uh, matchup zones. So it's, it's a really cool sport when you start to kind of, you know, dig into the details. So who's your Patrick Mahomes? Obviously, I'm here in Kansas City, and and we think Patrick Mahomes can do everything. If he ran for mayor, he'd win. If he, you know, if he ran for governor of either Kansas or Missouri, he'd win. Uh, he, if he ran for king, well, I don't know, but he, but you know, he is he can do everything. And actually, he just recently purchased a share of Sporting Kansas City, and he already owns a minor share of the Royals. And so I would guess you're you're this is kind of off topic, but if you're trying to get a franchise. Uh, in Kansas City, you need to talk to Patrick Mahomes about being a sponsor, and it would just take off. But who is your Patrick Mahomes in this league? Who can yeah. throw it a no look pass? He he was showing his his behind the back pass in practice yesterday that yeah. went twenty yard spiral and hit yeah. his re- hit his receiver in stride. But he can also throw it seventy yards and hit a streaking Tyreek Hill beyond the defense. So who's your Patrick Mahomes with in the league? Yeah, great, great question. And, and I'll have to preface this is I love all my children equally, meaning I love all my team. So now that I'm going to toss out a couple of names. I, I know I'm going to get some owners upset with me, but I, I'll, I'll keep it into the, the central part in kind of your world. So Pavel Giannis, J-A-N-A-S, uh, with the Chicago Union. Uh, he is unbelievable. The mastery, all the th- he's got all the throws. He, he's got to, to use the Patrick Mahomes now. He's got the little sidearm. He's got over the top. Uh, he probably has a behind the back. And we've actually seen a couple of our, our great kind of quarterbacks do that. So Pavel is terrific. He's a great personality. Uh, he loves the league. He is like Patrick. Um, he is just a great face for the league. So we love Pavel. Um, and actually on Patrick, I actually have been trolling him and Travis Kelsey uh, saying, hey, when y'all are done throwing that, that, uh, that oval thing around, uh, hey, have I got a deal for you in the yeah. AUDL? So, and and Tyreek Hill is my number one guy. Uh, somebody asked me if you could have one other player come play in the AUDL, who would it be? Tyreek Hill would be my guy. Yeah, for sure. There, I'll tell you what, this city is on fire right now. I, and I was I was at a I, I wrote a book on the Chiefs recently, and I was at a book signing last night, and somebody's saying, "But it's such a bummer we lost the Super Bowl." I said, "We have gotten so spoiled." We went 50 years without appearing in the Super Bowl. We win it. The next year we go back again and lose it. And fans are upset. It's like we have gotten so spoiled so quickly, but we fixed the offensive line. Our defense is even better. And yeah, we still have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So I think we're in good shape. So yeah, if you, I guarantee you, if you can get them to buy into this thing, uh, Kansas city will lead the league in attendance. So um all right, I've done it about eight times so far. How hard is it for you not to call it ultimate frisbee? 
I tell you, well, Frisbee is a great brand. I, I've actually, I reached out to Whammo this year and said, hey, you know, we all think of it as ultimate Frisbee. Uh, you know, CEO and commissioner have to be very respectful from a business and legal perspective. Right. We're careful. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. You know, we use Discraft branded discs uh, right now as the official disc. I think Whammo has a great brand. I'm, I'm hoping that we can sit down and have a business discussion because, you know, they are more the casual, uh, you know, brand of disc. Heck, I would love to have the Minnesota wind chill on a, on a whammo frisbee being tossed around the park, being tossed around the beach. So as I mentioned, you know, Rob Lloyd and I have much, much bigger aspirations commercially. That's one of the examples. Hey, love to have our brands out there on whammo frisbees, love to work with them. And so hopefully we have a chance to, to meet with those folks uh, over the next year and see if we can't work out a business relationship. Man, you ought to run for politics. You, you answered that without offending anybody and you actually gave us an answer we can use. So that was great. Um, how did you find out that Ultimate had a chance to be selected for inclusion in the Olympics, whether it's 2024 or uh, I think you're fairly confident it'll be in by 2028, if not in 2024. Right. How did you find out about that? Yeah, so you know we've got a really good relationship with the head of the uh, World Flying Disc Federation. So kind of the, the <laughs> global organizing body, or we WIFDIF, as we like to say, uh, a gentleman named Nob Rao. Uh, he's American, uh, lives up in the um, New York, Connecticut area. So you know Rob Lloyd and I have a good working relationship with Nob. Uh, we had talked to him. You know, heard that they had been talking to the IOC, and you know we said, hey, you know how can we work together? Love to support this because. We agree with you. Um, you know, just the great visibility the Olympics have. It's a tailwind. We're going to work our tails off, you know, to to have greater awareness by the community. And, you know, by that time, again, we hope it's a big uh, burst of wind in our sails and it, it takes us to an even higher level. Man, you're using all the terms, you know, the tailwind. And I mean, we all know it's it's hard to throw with a tailwind because it causes it to wobble, but it goes yeah. farther. So. Uh, I love the I love the different terminology uh, you use. Um, so we we talked about it a little bit, but if it does make the Olympics, whether it's 24, 28, how do you believe that will help AUDL? So, I mean, having general awareness is is the number one goal. And just yeah. for people to be aware of it, you know, we've got a great product. Um, you know, our media partners are really excited for us. Again, we've got the DraftKings uh, of the world excited, you know, having a business relationship. So we've got something core there. We just need for people to know about it. So working really hard on a, you know, bigger media deals. So, you know, we have live broadcast at prime time. Um, and, you know, once I, you know, once people see it, they go, wow, you know, like the PGA, these guys are good. These guys are real. They're fast. They're tall. They do some really cool stuff. But yeah. Let's go out and, uh, you know, check out these folks because, it's not $100. It's $15 for, you know, for the night. So um, what's, the, what's the future of the sport without include? We obviously know what the Olympics can do, but what's the future of the sport without uh, counting in the inclusion in the Olympics? Yeah, I, I think it's really bright. As I mentioned, you know, we've got 22 teams. Most of the owners have been, I call it, ultimate enthusiasts. Um, but may not have long, strong business careers. They've built up nice franchises. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. We have, uh, you know, the people who have just recently joined us as owners, you know, the six teams, the expansion teams we're looking at, these are, you know, business people who now go, hey, 
I know a little bit about Ultimate, um, or maybe I have a friend or family member, but I think this is a great business opportunity. So we have folks uh, like that who are getting involved at the team level. We have venture capital growth funds who are now talking to us about significant investments at the league level. So I think that's proof in the pudding that we have a great story to tell on the business side. So I think even without the Olympics, you know, we're going to grow this. And again, once we have a really good business model here in North America, Rob and I have full intentions to take this and bring it to Europe, bring it to Asia, bring it to Central South America. Okay. Um, you talked about your media partners. Where can people watch? I mean, obviously you said it sometimes can show up on Sports Center or the, on the highlights, but where can people right. watch the games for the AUDL? Right. So right now we're on Fox Sports, Fox Sports 2 on Wednesday nights. Um, that's where you can see what we call you know the main game of the week, the Saturday game of the week. They rebroadcast on Wednesdays. And then on Fridays, we just created a Friday game of the week for DraftKings. So if you go to the DraftKings Dream Stream on either YouTube or Twitch, go to the DraftKings channel, you can catch that. And of course, we'd love for you to be a subscriber to AUDL.TV, our live stream platform. That's where everything is caught live. So if you want to see all the teams, you can come to our live stream platform. So it's AUDL.TV? .TV, correct. And what's the cost to be a subscriber to get to watch all the games? Yeah, so it's it's $10 a month. Uh, you know, a lot of the people have, you know, loved it as, hey, it's a $10 ticket. It's a $10 subscription. It's the same as being there. Um, we have uh, great streams that we feel. And so, you know, we love to have our, our in-person in fans and then they become away fans by jumping on the live stream. So it's basically NFL Sunday ticket for $10 a month. Uh, it's, you know, we think it's it's a pretty good price, but, uh, you know, we, we keep working to make sure it's a, it's a good experience. Yeah. So uh, I got to ask you, Steve, how did you get to be commissioner? <laughs> Great question. Well, uh, you know, I've been playing casual, as you mentioned in the intro for 35 plus years. Gosh, it's hard to say that. Um, but I, I really got involved uh, back in 2015. I became an owner of one of the teams. I, uh, I still have an ownership stake in some teams. And that led me as a, um, as a team owner to the board. Uh, they asked me to jump on the board about a year afterwards, given my business background. And then I had a conversation with Rob Lloyd, the chairman, um, the, the commissioner at the time. He was on his second three-year stint, kind of getting ready for the next chapter in his life. You know, Rob and I, over a, a couple of adult beverages, uh, talked about, you know, what can this vision be? You know, how big can we make this? We got very excited, you know, uh, over a couple hours and the next morning, um, said, hey, let's do this. And so, uh, you know, within a week, um, I, I took over as commissioner and, and off and running. Well, this is really, I, I'm so uh, attracted to this. This sounds so cool to, to be a part of. Um, so I got one more personal question for you before I wrap up with my final two that I ask everybody. Sure. Uh, how is that uh, degree in chemical engineering from Georgia Tech working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's great. I, I, I went from chemical engineering in three years, uh, got my MBA, went to Goldman Sachs on Wall Street. And I said, I, I made the switch to financial engineering. But, you know, it's funny. I've, I've been that, that, that kid, now the adult, who's liked to build things. I was the tinkerer. Yeah. And I've always wanted to build, uh, you know, groups as I, as I went to my Wall Street career. And it was funny. I, you know, I've loved Ultimate. I said, holy cow. So, you know, Georgia Tech helped me think about building things, breaking things down to its, you know, component parts, 
building them back up into new designs. This is no different. So yeah. I take everything I learned and I'm building something. And by the way, it's really cool. And it's something I've loved to do. So I never, ever would have thought I would be in this position. I absolutely love it. Um, I work 16, 18 hour days in, in, on Wall Street. I'm doing the same now. Uh, you know, I'm up at 5 a.m. I'm going to bed at 11, um, but I'm having a great time. All right. Um, I always wrap up my interviews uh, with two questions or, or um, two comments, two, two opportunities. Sure. Let's put it that way. And especially if people don't know the person, this is a really good opportunity. Talk about your family. Sure. So uh, married to Christy. Uh, Hall, my wife, um, of 25 plus years now, um, and I got uh, two boys, 23-year-old who's uh, just graduated from NC State, going to Kansas State to be a veterinarian. All right, um, hey, he's, State. I'm a, I'm a wildcat. I like there that. There you go. He's, he's excited and about to, to head to Manhattan, uh, Kansas. And then my younger son, uh, about to be a sophomore, he is uh, going to Wooster College in Ohio to uh, play soccer and run track. So uh, very excited, um, super active family. And if I could shift my camera down about three feet, you'd see two dogs, a 13-year-old <laughs> black lab and a, a five-year-old rescue dog that are sitting around my feet right now. All right. And then the final thing we wrap up with, and I get some, I get a wide range of questions or excuse me, wide range of answers. I've, I've actually interviewed a professional soccer player who was on the U.S. national team and is about to get transferred to one of the premier teams in Europe. He's 19 years old. He's been playing professionally in Kansas City for about three or four years. And he kind of wow. looked funny at me when I asked him this question. Sure. But so I said, well, what do you want it to be? And I've also asked, uh, you know, retired pro football Hall of Famers the same question. What's your legacy? Wow. That's a uh, that is a great question, David. Um I think, you know, actually, if I had to boil it down to one item is that I want our sport, our league to reflect the community. And I mean that racially, culturally, you know, most of the players, owners, staff look like me and you. There is no reason why this sport, this business, this league can't nor should it. It should look like the rest of our community. So. I'd say I want this to become much more diverse, uh, inclusive, um, and and that's really, you know, that's really what I hope. Uh, you know, my last day when I sign off, I literally want the face of Ultimate to look different than it does today. All right. Well, that's a great, great closing answer, Steve. I've enjoyed the time. Appreciate you joining us, and and we'll be rooting for. When do you think you'll find out if it's in twenty four or uh, and obviously four years later you'll find out if it's in twenty eight. Yeah, well, we're, we're hoping in the next year or so, to, uh, you know, but we, we stay close to our colleagues, you know, at the uh, World uh, Flying Disc Federation, and hopefully I'll be catching up with them in the next month or so. So cross your fingers, love to, for it to be in 2024, but if not, uh, we'd, we'd be really excited to have it in Los Angeles in 2028. Okay, and one last, one last thing, say the, the, the acronym for, for the International Federation. <laughs> I, that just cracked me up when you said that. WIFDIF, WIFDIF, World Flying Disc Federation. And uh, we, we, we love them. Nob's a great guy. WIFDIF, I mean, that got, has to be, that's better than IABC and, and IAAF and, and yep. PGA, WIFDIF. I love it. Well, Steve, thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks, David. 
Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.